Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause Hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Here we are, continuing in John chapter one. It's our first week of season five. Yes, I am stoked. I think it's going well. I've really, really, really enjoyed the conversations we've had so far. Uh-huh, yeah. Gotten a lot out of them. It's been helpful to me. I'm excited to meet Jesus again for the first time Absolutely. as we're going through John. And Amen. so today, what are you going to read for us? Today we're going to take our conversation to the next section of the Gospel of John, and I'm going to be reading John 1, verses 29 through 42 from the New King James Version, John 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi which is to say, when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Taking a look at this, I just see the eyewitness testimony again. I I know there's some other things we're going to talk about here, but it stood out to me as it talked about John bearing witness. Mm -hmm. And John specifically in verse 34 I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Yes. I want to drive home the Apostle John as he is recording this. Mm-hmm. He is recording eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. This is like the court stenographer who is saying this is what the eyewitness said. Now, we can decide that the eyewitness is lying. We can decide all that, that we don't trust him, that maybe if somebody wants to be skeptical and naturalistic, that, well, this is all something else. But John is not saying, let me talk to you about something in this super complete distant past that nobody ever witnessed and nobody knows. It's just a story that's been passed down from generation to generation, from father to son, from mother to daughter. He's saying, let me tell you what this man said. This Mm -hmm. man said, I saw it. I Mm -hmm. saw the Spirit descend upon Jesus as a dove. I'm telling you, I was told by the one who sent me, that's what you're looking for. 
I saw it. He is bearing eyewitness testimony. Well, there's a wonderful callback here from something a little earlier in the chapter when we are told in verse 17 that uh, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And there's the name, right? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. And then we come to our reading here at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus, Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so here is this one being identified. I think before that you have John the Baptist saying, no, that's not me. I'm going to tell you who it is. It's not me. I'm going to tell you who it is. When he sees Jesus, that's who it is. Think about what a great example for us John is. Honestly, our job is the same as John's, don't you think? I mean, in many ways. In many ways. In many ways. Because what John was supposed to do, rather than pointing to himself, mm-hmm. he was supposed to point to Jesus. Yes. He was going to do things. He was going to teach things. There, there might even be some attracting attention that would cause folks to say, we're going to listen to you, John. Mm-hmm. But everything that John did was in order to focus people on Jesus. Yeah. And that's what I'm supposed to do. That, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody, not just preachers, but all Christians, what we're supposed to do is point people toward Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... In our reading today, I see a new metaphor given to us than what we've had earlier in the chapter, because uh, in the chapter, we've had the account of the people coming and asking John, hey, who are you? Clarify who you are. The Christ, Elijah, the prophet. No, 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 no. There's one coming after me. He's preferred before me. I'm not worthy. So forth. But then when he gives his testimony, I'm looking particularly at verse 29, he doesn't say, behold, the the prophet. Yes. Behold, the Christ. Yeah. What does he say? Behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Now, we've been getting all set up for our prophet and our Christ, but when John does the testimony, he talks about the lamb. So again, all of John is written to answer who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we've presented or I have that there's this sub question about which prophet, but the, the the main question is who is Jesus? And we're going to get all of these. He is the prophet, he is the Christ. Now, actually he's not Elijah because Correct. John, John the And this is one of the interesting yeah. things. John this just demonstrates that not everything was revealed to John because he in fact was the the promised Elijah, Elijah. and he didn't understand that, even though he understood his role as the one who was the forerunner and setting the stage. It's Mm -hmm. the other Gospels that let us know, well, no, actually, John is that Elijah. But even there, what's John doing? I'm not, it's not about me. It's not about about me. I am the forerunner. I'm the guy who's coming to tell you the king is coming. Mm -hmm. The king is coming, so we need to get these streets cleared up. He needs to be able to walk through this city without... Uh, problem without interference, without obstacles. So let's get ready. That's who I am. Uh, that happened to be the role for the promised Elijah. But he's he's honest. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the prophet. Yeah. I'm not. You're not. You're not supposed to be looking at me. You're supposed to be looking at this one who is coming. And this one who is coming is the Lamb of God. What do you think that's going to bring up into the minds of Jews who hear Lamb of God? Well, I guess my first answer to that is probably dissonance. If you're <laughs> okay, if you're looking for the prophet or the Christ, we're thinking victory. We're thinking liberation. We're thinking deliverance, like all of these uh, great judges in the time of judges, or even great kings like David or Solomon, and so forth. Um, but when you say a lamb. Now that's taking me to the temple and to worship, and that's actually taking me to sacrifice. 
that's about death. Especially when he tacks on who takes away the sin, sin of, the, of world. the world. Yeah. Because the lambs that took away sin were sacrifices. Sacrificial lambs. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Of God. Of God. Now, I, to my mind, you know, where that leads me to think about is one of the first times we see lambs being offered in place of the death of others. And I think about the Exodus. I think okay. about in uh, Exodus chapter 12 and verse number five, where okay. instructions were given to the Israelites before their hastening and their quick deliverance out of their Egyptian bondage. When the instructions were given for what they were to do to prepare for that night of Passover, it says in verse five, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, on the lintel, and the houses where they eat it. They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with their unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. They're not to eat it raw. Uh, just kind of skipping ahead here, and they're supposed to have their sandals on their feet and be ready to go. And so the significance of this Passover lamb, I think, was the preparation of it. It was your lamb. You were bringing it. You were providing it. I see in John 1, this is the lamb of God. God is bringing the lamb. God is providing it. And the Passover lamb, in every household where the Passover lamb was slain, the firstborn was not slain. Correct. Hmm, that does sound like a little bit of substitution there, doesn't it? I think it sounds totally like substitution. So a little bit of redemption because they're going to be redeemed from their slavery by this lamb. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of substitution as the lamb lamb takes the place of the firstborn. Correct. But here, wait a minute. Now it sounds like there's a lamb and a firstborn or a lamb and an only son. There's a lamb and... All that's kind of being brought together in one person. It does. In John chapter 1, we've got an aspect of this lamb to be without blemish. One of the things we're going to learn in the Gospel of John is that Jesus is sinless. And Jesus even challenges his enemies, name my sin, explain my sin. Um, And they got nothing. They got nothing. They got nothing. I mean, they do want to say, well, you've got a demon. You're crazy. They never say that. Everybody else is saying, well, he doesn't sound like a guy who's demon-possessed. No one ever spoke the words he spoke. Yeah, so he doesn't sound like that. So what you're telling me, here's what I'm picking up. Moses had to offer a lamb. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the lamb. Yes. So Jesus is superior to Moses? Yes. Jesus does a greater work than Moses? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, already we're starting that picture that we're we're comparing Jesus to Moses. Well, we've talked about the law. We've talked the tabernacle. We've talked about the glory of God. Now we're talking about Passover imagery. There's a lot going on between Moses and Jesus in this. The prophets. Yes. And Jesus is the lamb. One of the things that just it strikes me as you look at John the Baptist here twice he sees Jesus coming, and it doesn't say that he spoke to somebody. It just he just announces, "Oh, behold, the Lamb of God!" And then now it does. Well, I will say, back in verse twenty-three, we didn't read it today, but he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He is the voice of so one. Maybe crying. every once in a while, that's quite literally what he did. Well, he, he was a crier. Okay, so think. A yes, herald. good point. Her- the herald. That's the word I was actually searching for. As the crier, like you said, goes out before the king and says. Behold, 
the king. Mm -hmm. He's coming. He's here. And that's exactly what John is doing. And it almost, honestly, to me, it almost comes off as like this Lamb of God alert, Lamb of God alert. Here he is. Because even when he's got his two disciples with him, it's not recorded as, and he said to his two disciples. It just said he's standing there. There's two disciples there. He sees Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And then it, it doesn't say that he was saying it to him. It just says that they heard him as if it was just they overheard him. Here's this crier, this herald, that really is the picture of the one who is going in front of the king, just shouting and announcing, let me tell you who's behind me. Can I tell you, just reading about this again, and you've got um, Andrew, of course, right away, and Philip, and they want to know, and they want to follow. They want to follow. They want to follow the Lamb of God. They want to follow the Lamb of God. Where is a lamb led to? Mm, A lamb is led to the slaughter. What does it mean to follow, then, a lamb It's going to be a path of sacrifice, isn't it? It's going to be a path of cost. But they clearly didn't understand that on that first day. Well, not at all. They didn't. They didn't get it. I mean, we'll see that in the Gospels and the way not at all. There is, I think, this excitement, this messianic expectation, and John the Baptist is saying, "Here's the guy. Here's the guy," and they they believe John, so they're willing to do that to go follow that Christ. My head is exploding over here. Yeah. Just, mind is blown because, you know, I want to look down on those apostles because here he says he's the Lamb of God. They should have known it's going to be sacrificed. They should have known it's going to be led to the slaughter. And yet I become a Christian. And when I become a Christian, all I think about is the good, wonderful things that I think are about to happen. And then I start being asked to sacrifice things and it starts to bother me and I get upset. Yeah. And the reality is I did the same things these guys did. Mm-hmm. I I get that out clearly. I did the same thing these guys did. I'm just in the same spot, which is why I need the Lamb of God. Amen. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap up today. We've got one more time tomorrow here in John chapter 1. I'm looking forward to that, but let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer today. Holy God, thank you for your Lamb. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his sacrifice. Help me. Help Andrew, help everyone who is listening to us to recognize the need to follow him even though we are following him to the slaughter, to the sacrifice. May we remember that it is better to die with Jesus than to live without him. Lord God, we love you so much. It's through your son Jesus, our Savior, our sacrifice that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Today we're going to be looking at that next sep- <laughs> <laughs> The next <laughs> Yeah, <it's> here. <laughs> <laughs>